You're listening to the NFL on TuneIn. It's No Huddle with Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart. With a great friend of the program, Eric Adelson from Yahoo Sports. Eric, as always, we appreciate your time. Certainly the rhetoric between the league and the Players Association connected to the allegations against Ezekiel Elliott heating up. We know the appeal coming up in a few weeks. From your perspective, does it feel like this thing is going to wind up in a courtroom? Uh, hey, guys, good to be on. Um, there's a chance. I, I mean, uh, th- this, is, uh, this is what the appeal process is for, and, and it looks like uh, both sides are hunkered down. And uh, I, uh, I hate to compare uh, something as serious as uh, domestic assault with uh, something as frivolous as Deflategate, but uh, the NFL's reputation is, is once again on the line. Uh, if they get this wrong after a year of uh, investigation, um, then, then it, it really looks bad. Uh, and on the other hand, uh, if they get it right, um, I, I think it's a really it's a, it's a victory behind uh, beyond legal uh, for them. So I, I think that they will uh, they will dig deep and 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 fight, and and I expect the other side to do the same. So um, we we could be dealing with this uh, uh, for a long time. It seems as if the league is still going to give the suspension. Does it seems like on the side of Ezekiel Elliott and his team that they're going to try to minimize? Uh, the suspensions, because we saw what happened with Tom Brady in his case, and we see what happened with Ray Rice in his case. Do you think they're trying to set the precedence when it comes down to personal conduct issues in the National Football League by putting six games down? Because it's in the policies of six games. But you think they're going to just probably just say, you know what, we're going to keep it here regardless and just keep fighting until they can, you know, they can't fight it again. And maybe Ezekiel Elliott may not even have an opportunity, or he just may end up getting suspended a lot of part of the season when it matters most if the team is really doing good. Yeah, I don't think the NFL is going to back down on this, Cordell, and I don't think they should uh, because uh, the the last few years have really been an embarrassment for the league with Ray Rice, the Josh Brown, um, the the other one that that I, I think about that, that really isn't as well known is Bruce Miller. Where again there was a there was a longer investigation. This is the 49ers tight end. Uh, he had an argument, uh, um, I believe, with his wife. It might have been with his, with a girlfriend uh, in, in a parking garage, and there was a domestic uh, violence related charge. Um, and uh, and after the investigation, uh, he was cleared. There was no there was no punishment. And then he ended up uh, um, striking an, old, an elderly man uh, in a hotel. Um, and and so that also you can you can add that to. Um, the, the list of, of embarrassing situations for players in the league. Uh, I think the NFL really wants to make a statement and, and really wants to have a warning. And also the other thing is that they, they, they have video of, of, of Elliot uh, uh, fondling a woman, reaching, uh, pulling down her shirt in front of a, a group of people, um, and, so, and, and it's one of their biggest stars. And so it's a statement the NFL, uh, I think, wants to make. Uh, and, and the other thing, which, which I'm sure you guys have spoken about, is that um, they want to be uh, known as the the, uh, the league that is going to listen to uh, the alleged victim, um, uh, the alleged accuser, and and that's something that they have not done in the past. Uh, they're very public about doing that now. I also think that's a good thing, um, but but I think all these add up to the NFL wanting to uh, be more harsh uh, than they have been. And obviously, they should be, and it's not just a football conversation this is a societal plague but post Ray Rice Josh Brown we didn't talk enough about candidly because I don't want to be reductionist we don't talk much about kickers but that was mishandled by the Giants in the league so I'm with you 
We don't have all the information, but I'm going to trust the league based on an exhaustive investigation of over a year's length, thousands of dollars, 100 exhibits, multiple interviews with people connected to the allegations that the league, I think, is being judicious here. But, Eric, for casual fans who don't understand, who want to talk about the notion of due process and Ezekiel Elliott doesn't have the right to confront his accuser, can you just explain what we learned from Tom Brady's case last year that effectively, based on the collective bargaining agreement, so long as it's reasonable, Roger Goodell and the league can do effectively whatever they want to when it comes to player discipline? Well, good point. Glad you raised this, uh, Brian. And, and it's definitely pr- uh, present here is that uh, because of the uh, agreement uh, that, the, uh, that the league negotiated with the players' union, uh, Roger Goodell has uh, almost unlimited power um, over discipline. Uh, and even though he says he's sort of separated from this, he was the one who hired Lisa Friel, who is, who is now doing the investigations, former uh, Manhattan DA uh, prosecuting office. So uh, this is, this, if you want to blame somebody, uh, and you're, if you're on Ezekiel Elliott's side and you're upset at this suspension, uh, you have to go back to collective bargaining. You have to go back to the union, and, and this is something that they basically conceded. And I think that this will be a different, uh, um, a, a huge part of the debate over the next contract uh, but honestly, I, I think that the I still think this is in Goodell's favor for now because, like you said, this is a scourge on on society, on on the world, really, domestic violence. Uh, and I think that the public is going to, after the enormous outcry over the Ray Rice situation, I think the public is going to side with the the on the discipline side. I'll tell you a quick story, guys. Uh, one of the last times I was in the NFL front office in in Manhattan. Um, was right after the Ray, Ray Rice uh, decision. Um, and you could tell that even though this is a nice office on one of the upper floors, that you could tell that they had heard the social media outcry. They had heard the media. Uh, that, I think that was a seminal moment for the whole league, uh, n- not just uh, what was going on in terms of uh, looking at the videotape um, and, and people uh, in, 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 on the team and how they reacted and, and that uh, s- s- sort of fake sham of a press conference that they had at the Ravens. Inside the NFL office, they knew that there was a huge backlash against what they did, um, and and I think that that's still very present in their minds. Uh, without actually, you know, being cold and going to the other side, but you talk about the game with Ezekiel Elliott. How does that affect this this Dallas Cowboys team in in any way when it comes to their production? Uh, I know he was arguably one of the best backs in the game last year, but yet you have players like the Ronnie Hillmans in the world and. Also, the Alfred Morrises and also uh, the Darren McFadden's. Do you think this kind of slowed him down just a little bit when it comes down to not having Ezekiel Elliott in the lineup? Yeah, I mean, in a, in a purely football sense, uh, we're going to learn a lot about the Cowboys. I mean, because there was there are basically three fairly new ingredients to their success. There's that offensive line, there's Dak Prescott, and there's Elliott. And uh, last year, it, it feels like it's all three, and then some games it feels like the offensive line, some games it feels like Elliott. Um, and, and, and when you subtract one of those guys from the lineup, um, then there's more pressure on Prescott. Um, and, and there's always pressure on the offensive line. But, but the, the thing about Elliott, that I, guys, that I think is, is overlooked is he's a terrific blocker. Um, and that's very hard to find, somebody who can uh, run effectively and block. And so it's not like the, the offensive line is weak and needs that help. But it is a help. Uh, it's, it's a help when there's a breakdown, when Prescott needs more time. Um, and Fat is not going to be able to block that way. I don't think anybody on the roster will be able to block as well. So we're going to learn twofold about whether they can re- replace him as an offensive force, but also replace him 
uh, as somebody who can protect Prescott. He's Cordell Stewart. I'm Brian Weber taking you around the league with Eric Adelson from Yahoo Sports. Let's head to Indy. More bad injury news. Losing their center, Ryan Kelly, with foot surgery. We know that Andrew Luck still does not have a definitive timetable to be taken off that physically unable to perform list coming back from the shoulder injury. Let's say Luck misses a game or two and is able to come back. Eric, as you think about Indy where they were a couple years ago, remember, Deflategate also featured the Colts in the AFC Championship game. How challenging a season could this be in Indianapolis? Well, uh, probably the worst prediction that I've ever made that didn't work, that didn't include the Bengals was <laughs> I thought that, I, I thought the Colts was, were going to win that game that the play game I was there that was a hot um, take, my friend. That that was uh, that was an incinerator of a take uh, on, <laughs> on my on my behalf, and, and I, I'll never live it down. But um, I think that the problem that was exposed there um, uh, in that game was that they. Um, they, they just can't block for luck. I mean, it was really exposed earlier in that season. And, and with Kelly out, it's still a problem. I watched the, the game most recently, their first preseason game against Detroit. They, they're thin. They're just a thin team um, with or without luck. I mean, Frank Gore is uh, one of the best running backs who's ever played the game, and I think he's going to run for 1,000 yards probably until he's 50 years old. But it still, uh, it still shows – uh, that they, they don't have a lot of reserves on offense. And, and there's going to be a lot on luck when he comes back uh, to make things happen, and it's going to be hard for him to do. And, by the way, I think all three other teams in the division are better and, get, and, and younger and getting better. Um, and so I, I, I could be wrong, obviously. We started this with, with this answer with, with me being terribly wrong. But um, I, I just think that, especially without Kelly, if they can't block for luck, they're just not going to be a force in that division. Until that point in the division to get him getting better, there was some conversation very quietly about Marcus Mariota could potentially be in conversations of maybe the MVP if he can come out and have the type of season he had last year, particularly in the red zone. Uh, but most importantly, having you know Derrick Henry and DeMarco Murray in the backfield, his defense getting better. Offensively, they were the best in the red zone. And you add Eric Decker, Corey Davis to the offense, and also Dory Jackson on the, in the secondary and special teams. Do you see this team trending in the right direction? And, and is that true? And have you heard anything about Marcus Mariota maybe being in that conversation about the MVP? Yeah, that's a good segue uh, because uh, offensive line is not a problem in Tennessee. Uh, they have Jack Conklin. They have Taylor Lewan, um, who's been a little bit of volatile in terms of the unsportsmanlike context, but he's been good. Um, and if they have a foundation there to protect Mariota for years to come, they now have a running game. You know, Derrick Henry is in year two, um, and you mentioned Murray. Uh, and that gives, uh, that gives Mariota a chance to uh, have time to run or throw. Um, and, uh, and if all works out and if they stay healthy, then, yeah, he can take that leap. I mean, this is, this is year three for, for Mariota and for Jameis Winston. And uh, in both towns, there's this expectation that they're going to break out uh, in a way that, that the best year three quarterbacks do. Um, and I remember being at the very first game that each of them played against each other in Tampa, and uh, Winston, I think, threw four picks that day. looked terrible, but Mariota uh, looks uh, terrific in that very first game, and you could tell in that locker room afterwards that they believed already. I mean, even though it was the very first game with him under center, uh, they believed in him, and I doubt that's done anything but improve over the last couple of years. So um, if, 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 if they protect him, and I think they will, um, he's not going to make a lot of mistakes and he will make big plays in the red zone and 
I think that would put him in the conversation for postseason awards, yes. Eric, last one for me. You've also covered college football for many years. I'm based in L.A. where there's so much buzz surrounding not only USC potentially making to the college football playoff, but the possibility Sam Darnold could be the number one overall pick in the draft if he decides to make himself available. you got Josh Rosen with strong opinions at UCLA, and then Josh Allen, the other name that fans should know about in terms of the marquee quarterbacks who's going to have presumably a big year coming up in Wyoming. The Jets appear to be going all in to try to maximize their draft possibilities. Is tanking too strong a word? What do you think the mindset organizationally is of the New York Jets? Uh, I think this is fraught with peril, honestly, uh, because uh, if you're already crowning uh, you know, Sam Darnold or Josh Rosen, I don't have anything against these guys, um, but – uh, the idea that this guy's going to come in and save you a year from now, um, so much can change in a year. Um, and, and uh, you know, I, I think a year ago, Brad Kyle was, one of, was supposed to be one of the better players, uh, and he barely, barely got drafted. He's now uh, uh, third string in Detroit. I mean, you, you just don't know. You don't know about college players. You don't know what's going to change. Uh, and, and it's supposed to be a quarterback-rich uh, class and maybe it will, but maybe it won't. Uh, and, and so, if you're sort of holding off for next year, um, I, I, I just think you're taking an enormous risk with that um, because not only not only is something so much changed during the course of a college football season, but also you have these enormous changes in the in the in the pre-draft process and the combine. I mean, a year ago, Mitch Trubisky did anybody know who who he was? Uh, and, and he was the second round, uh, second pick in the draft. I, I, I just think that the, the, the Jets sort of biding their time, if that's what they're doing, is not smart. I, I personally, I mean, I, I don't want to get your, uh, uh, your, your, your phone lines lit up, but I, I just think that they should bring in Kaepernick now. Wow. But that would never happen, right, given that's the optics? That's a hot take. Yeah, yeah, and another hot take. No, I don't think it'll happen, but I think it's foolish. I mean, I just, he, he's, a, he's a very good quarterback, and you don't have a very good quarterback on the roster, and the idea that you're going to tank, I mean, look, Look at it this way, okay? The, the Patriots are, are the Patriots, okay? But the, 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 the Dolphins, you don't know how good Jay Culler is going to be coming out of, of retirement. And, you don't, and the, the Bills look like a total reset. I mean, if the Jets have a decent quarterback, why can't they contend for second place in that division? I know people are laughing and saying that they're going to be 0-16. But that's a, leaving aside the Patriots, and everyone's going to be 0-2 against the Patriots. They're, 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 that's a wretched division. You can compete. Uh, why wouldn't you want to get in a quarterback who has won before? I know the answer to that. That's a hypothetical that I can answer for you and everyone else. But, uh, I mean, don't you want to try to win? Uh, I don't think, I'd rather have Kaepernick this year than hope that Sam Darnold is the answer next year. Even if he is the answer, you could still draft him or somebody good. I think there's going to be somebody good later in that draft, even if they win a few games. But I'd say, I'd say get Kaepernick in there and go for it and try to win. Undeniably, Kaepernick, in my view, is better than Josh McCown, Bryce Petty, Christian Hackenberg. Feels like the Jets, though, view maybe this year from the standpoint that it comes down to this losing, going 1-15, could be winning when we get to the draft. Eric, on fire today. Lava-filled hot takes. We appreciate the information. Thanks for giving us a few minutes on the NFL on TuneIn. Thanks, guys. Have a great weekend. You've been listening to No Huddle with Brian Weber and former Steelers quarterback Cordell Slash Stewart live on the NFL on TuneIn. 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown! The National Football League is on TuneIn.